Tired of ads crashing your comedy podcast party? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts, included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or visit amazon.com slash comedy ad free. That's amazon.com slash comedy ad free. And catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. And here's your prescription. I know just the pharmacy to get this filled. Who are you? A pharmacy benefit manager. A middleman your insurer uses to decide which medicines you can get, what you pay, and sometimes even which pharmacy you should go to. Why can't I go to a pharmacy in my neighborhood? Because I make more money when you go to a pharmacy I own. <laughs> no one should stand between you and your medicine. Visit phrma.org slash middleman to learn more. Paid for by Pharma. Hey, just before we get started, this is a conspiracy, paranormal, and true crime podcast. The nature of this podcast is gory, unsettling, and definitely vulgar. And we curse a lot. Like, a lot, a lot. So be advised. So we're just two idiots with a mic. Yo, 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 and welcome back to Creeps and Crimes <laughs> Podcast. I'm Taylor. And I'm Morgan, and this is episode 115. 115. So, you guys Can you know- believe it? <laughs> no. <laughs> you guys know how we are off YouTube right now, just because Nona, drama with the video camera. I honestly don't even know where I've put it since we've- At this point, we retired just need a new it. one. We just need a new one at this point. It's just a little too damaged to even look at R. at R. this P. point. Merry R. Christmas R. to Creeps and Crimes. She was so good to us for a whole entire year. And let me tell you something. Let me I'm tell loving you something. not being on camera. I know. We, we're really loving it. It's just like a good, it's just a good relaxer because when we have the video camera, I'm beyond stressed out because whenever Morgan's doing her case, I'm in control of the video camera. <laughs> and normally Morgan would be in control of the video camera, but turning on and off. But now for some reason we've like abandoned our lap, our iPads from reading on, which we need. So we keep reading on the phone and that led to not being able to click the video camera on and off and that led to half of the stories not being recorded and constantly fidgeting oh my god all i've the never time. felt so much comfort with the video camera thank you nona no that literally. was a gift it was from a gift nona to me she, no it was a <laughs> gift for both of us because it's just like you have to be so on about what your face is saying yeah. because Whenever, like, we say shit, we make faces at each we other. Because we we've just known each other for just a little too long that, you know. And most of the time, it'll end up getting, like, cut out. Yeah, I have to not cut it out. Not that it's inappropriate or anything, but, like, no. we just, like. It's just not, it's not, like. Get carried away. It's just, <laughs> it's just, like, what? Like, if, where I would be saying what, and it ends up making sense. Like, my, it, I, there's no need for my face to be looking like that at that yeah. point in time. So if you ever see a random zoom in on whoever is covering just the case. Just know you cannot see the other person. Just know that there is a stank face nearby. <laughs> we, we're loving the fact that we don't have the ring lights. But because of that, we also haven't been using our crazy crime sign. And it's like pretty dark in here. Like yeah. we're, We are recording around like later in the evening. Not going to give an exact time for the it's, stalkers. What's crazy but is, is like it. it's not even that late. It's just the fact that it, it gets, gets dark, dark so, so quickly. early. Yeah. And so today we were like you know what maybe we need a little something something maybe just light, little... let's lighten the mood with some led today you know, the thing that we've had since forever forever <laughs> taylor flicks on the led creeps and crimes and we both said no fuck no guys it was so bright it turned the entire room pink there's two lamps on Do it again real quick oh my god it's just scary okay three two one god. oh 
god. No, because I'm blind in my left it's eye. It's because I can't look at you. Like yeah, I literally can't like, look and at we're you. We're glowing. We would need. <laughs> I gotta turn it off. We're glowing. I bet if someone like drove by, if you want to know where like creeps and crimes is, you just gotta drive by and there's like pink lights, like the Batman light. <laughs> He's shooting up into the sky. It's just ridiculous how bright it is. And no, it's reason. and it has been so so dark in here though. Like yeah. we got a little lamp, but specifically when we were recording our creepy account. Oh my god! And then we we, and we scared were, all of you guys. We act, yeah we did, but in yeah. the midst of it, we were like, we need to turn a lamp on. What are we doing? It was, only light was on was the like computer recording screen. <laughs> and so it's just like a red, <laughs> just a red track, and it's just me and Morgan in the dark reading these stories. The creepiest creepy account ever uh, guys i don't remember if i left this one part <laughs> in the episode because we, we are because sc- <laughs> we are screaming at this one point we were literally like it was breaking the audio track like it wasn't even on the track because <laughs> we were so we were loud around. we were being crazy and i was like i'm probably gonna have to take this out even though we were saying like funny shit in it i just ended up being able to turn it down either way I was in that part. We're talking about how Morgan is never allowed to pick the creepy accounts on her own again. Because <laughs> it was like Morgan literally went in there. It was like, how absolutely traumatized can I make anybody that listens <laughs> to this? And the worst part about it was, is it came out on a Monday. Yeah. And also the worst part about that, though, is that like I really didn't put too much effort into it. Yeah, like it was just these the La- best stories. These like three stories came up on the day I was picking. And it was like they were titled like incredible. Like, yeah craziest creepy account you'll ever read like it's obviously ultimate, like, we're all about you and know I'm like fucking fine i'll take it okay, all right gotta <laughs> watch the f words sorry oh yeah i'm seven. on two out i'm on five i'm on seven one or two i don't remember i don't think you've said anything yet i don't know but my aunt and my cousin brought it up to me they were like you guys threw it out the window again it, it took literally one episode of you <laughs> nah, trying that happens okay well but we'll try again we'll try again but y'all are half of you guys are effing pissed that we're dropping the f's and, and by dropping i mean like not dropping them just keeping them contained. Yeah. Dropping them off the track. I just track. love them, but it's fine. It gives a personality. That's my excuse for everything. What, what did we used to... Oh, the reading. The Re- reading. Remember, I was yeah. like, no, Taylor gives... Or not the reading, the mispronunciation mispronunciation of my words reading. and taylor would trust so bad she's like oh my god we can't say oh that. my god and i'm like right. no it gives the podcast personality. It gives it personality i can't tell you how many times i've probably said that oh my god well I'm like it's fine. at this point it's just embedded like it, it's either we don't say anything or we mispronounce it like yeah. it's either we don't do the cases or something's gonna be mispronounced <laughs> and that's just I swear to God, I just heard someone walking around inside my house, but no one's here but me and you. Did we lock the door? No. I think I'm going to go lock it. One moment. Okay, update. All of the doors are now locked. Um, now locked. So if anyone is in here, they're stuck with us. I mean, so sorry for you. So <laughs> I really, I truly am, though. I mean, if, could you imagine if you were standing on the other side of this wall and you're like waiting to come in here and kill us? You would just cackle. Like, yeah. you would literally be cackling. Like, you'd, you'd have like, to leave. What the fuck are they doing? You'd be like, first off, oh my God, that's three. They're so funny. <laughs> I can't go in there and kill I them. I love those girls. I love them. Actually, I'm going to leave them alone. Oh, I, wait, I'm locked in. I'm locked in. Wait, I'm going to go listen to their podcast. That's the ones I like them. I'm gonna tune in, subscribe, and leave a review. Five star review. I was in their house when I heard it for the first time. Um, no, if you're in here, please don't do please that. leave a review <laughs> please leave a review and also your name and personal information. Oh my god, I never told them about US customs. Oh. Maybe I need to keep my mouth shut until after we're done with this entire saga. This okay, we'll talk about it next week on 116. You haven't heard anything about that though? Yeah, the agent called me back and I talked to him. Oh. Yeah, I'll tell you more about it. Don't forget that this is going to be re- the winners, the three winners. You're going to be released tonight. Ooh, 
tonight Ooh. on Instagram. Be on the lookout because we're going to get you, uh, hit you with a DM if you want. Yep, we're going to tag email, you in the post and uh, we'll email you and we'll DM you and we'll get your information to ship you the one of a kind. Actually, five of a kind robes royalty robe royalty robes that's what they're called Crips and crimes royalty robes um and then lastly we're recording our first cameo today oh yeah we're so excited we you're gonna excited. love when you see what we might be doing with our cameo we have we don't know yet it was an idea that i threw up this morning and then also the storefront we see you guys we see you on there clicking and buying and looking buying and random shit we love chit chatting hey, oh who else has a shopping addiction off of the Amazon Prime? I was on Amazon today. Yeah, I so. ordered $500 worth of stuff, but I didn't because I learned working on control. Control. All right, Morgan, now we can end up with it. If you're driving, throw that shit on cruise control. If you got a glass, pour that shit up. And let's get creepy. Patreon, before we begin, um, we are here to tell you to get on our Google Doc or Google survey. Immediately. Immediately. Put your address in so that you can be a part of our Christmas cards because the holiday season is just around the corner. And with that comes gift giving, Christmas cards for our Patreon, Mm -hmm. lots of great food, and of course, the dreaded holiday portrait no like the one mm-hmm. oh god this past weekend no. with santa paws which i might add i was not prepared i was we had to drive almost to nashville and back and i thought i'd have time to change i didn't she didn't i showed up in a two girls one ghost beanie um Reppin the slippers girls. that were bedazzled no god. no face of makeup and i was broken out all around my chin Oh, Morgan. But it's okay because <laughs> we can't control other aspects of the holidays, but we can make sure that we feel confident and camera ready for your photos. And that's why we're so excited to partner with Apostrophe. So the dreaded Santa Paws portrait does not ever have to happen again. Apostrophe's goal is to help you feel confident in your own skin, whether you're dealing with breakouts, signs of aging, or acne scarring. Apostrophe will help you love the skin that you are in. Apostrophe is an online platform that connects you with an expert dermatology team to get customized acne treatment for your unique skin through apostrophe you can get access to oral and topical medications that use clinically proven ingredients to help clear acne all you have to do is simply fill out an online consultation about your skin goals and medical history then snap a few selfies and a board certified dermatologist will create your initial customized treatment plan apostrophe offers access to prescription treatments for all types of acne from hormonal acne to facial acne and even back chest and butt acne treating breakouts from head to to toe. And you heard in our intro that our New Year resolutions are eating well. And with that, also eating well, we just want to have the model glow. We need to have a full around bodily glow. We just need like the glow, you know, like the 20s glow. Like we miss out on the 20s glow. I need to reduce my rosacea, mm-hmm. um, clear up my hormonal acne that is all around my chin. And this is important for me to hit my skincare goal because I need that all around glowy look. That new glowy apartment, look. new year, <laughs> new skin. New skin, girl. Absolutely. And we have a special deal for our audience today. Get your first visit for only $5 at apostrophe.com slash creeps and crimes when you use our code creeps and crimes that's a savings of $15 and this code is only available for our listeners to get started just go to apostrophe.com slash creeps and crimes and click get started then use our code creeps and crimes at sign up and you'll get your first visit for only five dollars 
Thank you, Apostrophe, for sponsoring this episode. And sponsoring the 2023 Glow Up. Okay, but we'll quit rambling at this point and we'll finally get to the case. So before we get into this, this is part two of Barry Seal. Or part three or part four. Or whatever part, you want to call it. Honest to God, depending on what you've listened to and if you're a Patreon, I don't know what part this is for you. So if you haven't listened to episode 114, that is where we covered part one of Barry Seal and what we're picking up from covering technically part three of the Don Henry and Kevin Ives murder the boys on the tracks which was in episode 113 and if you're on Patreon we dug very deep into the war on drugs so there's going to be a lot of references that you guys will understand and we'll kind of give you guys a blurb for those who are not on Patreon but I'm just going to pick up where we left off which was Barry Seal surrendered to authorities near the end of April in 1983 and he was looking at facing 10 plus years in prison which would be something that he could absolutely not handle at all because no really because he's facing charges in both Florida and Louisiana but what we know from episode 114 part one was that both Florida and Louisiana drug task forces rejected any plea deals or like offers to become an informant that he had given them so he just went over their heads straight to Vice President George H.W. Bush's drug task force and they referred him to the DEA headquarters Barry Seal was assigned a DEA agent named Ernest Jacobson to evaluate how valuable of an informant that Barry could potentially be. And they were really impressed with what Barry had to offer, his connections and his information, but only the information that he had on the Medellin cartel and not the other interesting leads that he had for them, which was information that implicated federal officials in the Iran and Contra scandal, including Richard Benveniste, a.k.a the Watergate prosecutor who played a massive role in the successful fight to secure the secret Richard Nixon White House tapes. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Barry knew most of this information because he heard it directly from Richard Benveniste. Is that what we said, Benveniste? Um, himself when he had recently been represented by him and he had also recently represented Bill Clinton. Insane, Insane. Dude. Despite the fact that this was crucial firsthand information on a man serving as the chief counsel for the Senate Whitewater Committee, the DEA was uninterested, only wanting the inside connections that Barry Seal had on the Medellin cartel. On March 28, 1981, Barry Seal signed a statement agreeing to serve as a DEA informant, but his freedom came at a heavy price. The deal that Barry made was a promise, a promise to give them anything they wanted or anyone they wanted, a.k.a. Pablo Escobar. In order to set this up without tipping Escobar off, Barry Seal used a phone to call one of his connections. On the call, he told his connection that he was a pilot named Ellis McKenzie that was down to fly large shipments of coke from their designated pickup spot and into the United States. This setup worked, and it locked in a meeting with Pablo Escobar himself. On April 8, 1984, Barry was released at an American airfield and took off to the city of Medellin, Colombia. During this flight, Barry was accompanied by a Miami-based cartel pilot, who was totally unaware of his role as a DEA informant. Could you imagine how stressed out you would have to be? One wrong move. One wrong move. One wrong phone call or page because he had his pager, I guess, back then. One wrong word. I mean, literally just something. 
one wrong that you knew something you weren't supposed to you know what i mean yeah like, like it is. you would have to be on your freaking game oh that is terrifying no my chest I, is tight no i up. actually i know i couldn't do it oh my god i got a mouth like You're like dude did you <laughs> see what was going on with so-and-so <laughs> oh you don't know how that no n- never mind never mind how would you know that i don't know i don't yeah, know it's gonna be me i have no idea <laughs> once landed barry found himself at the ochoa brothers house with the head dogs of the medane cartel including Pablo Escobar. Dear God. This was huge for the DEA because this was the very first time they had someone on their team with direct eyes and sitting face to face with Pablo Escobar. And because of the fake undercover name of Ellis McKenzie, the Medellin cartel, including Escobar, had no idea that they were actually meeting with El Gordo, fat man, Barry Seal, who they knew had been arrested. Because like we said earlier, he had only ever spoken and met with their U.S. contacts, not Escobar himself. At the time, the cartel hosted a manufacturing facility in a remote jungle called Tranquilandia. What? Tranquilandia? Wow. Sounds beautiful. That does. Sounds very tranquil. Yeah, it does. But because the Colombian government recently conducted a huge raid on the area, the Medellin cartel needed new grounds. This is when they struck a deal with the Sandinista government, moving their shipping production facilities into Nicaragua. So Escobar made the terms with Ellis, a.k.a. Barry Seal, telling him they needed him to move 15,000 kilos of cocaine into America. Dear God. To prepare for selling at the 1984 Olympic Games. Like, that's what we're getting hype about. Like, we got to get this product out. The Olympic the games, games are here. The games are that- coming up. Get that blow over there right now. Over there immediately. (laughs) But as we know, this would now be out of Nicaragua, specifically a military base that was being rented out to the cartel by the Sandinista regime. And Ellis, aka Barry Seal, is like, cool, I can handle that. No fucking problem, Escobar. Yeah, and then he's also like, I'm shitting my pants. (laughs) Yeah. Just a little bit. So Barry Seal's first shipment was supposed to be a direct flight to the United States, and it was planned for mid-April. But the flight was delayed until the end of May. And when he did end up taking off, the trip did not go as planned. During takeoff, the plane was too heavy, causing it to crash down on the Colombian airfield. And in response to this, the cartel provided Barry with a new plane. But it was too small for a direct flight into the United States. So they arranged for him to stop over in Los Brasiles, which I'm going to call Los B, which is in Nicaragua, earlier than expected to refuel. And Barry did this. After refueling, he took off from Los B, flying without lights. But as he approached the city of Managua, what did we Managua. say? Managua. Managua, sorry. I'm really sorry, everybody. <laughs> His plane was shot down by the Nicaraguan military units, crashing into the jungle. Barry was flying an unknown aircraft, and the military was not made aware of his arrangements. Assuming that he was an American drug smuggler, they searched and arrested Barry and his co-pilot once found, and both of them were taken into a detention center in downtown. Barry and his co-pilot were then released by the cartel's contacts in the area, specifically a man named Federico Vaughn, who was actually the first-hand man to the Nicaraguan minister on the interior. And that's a really big deal. And Morgan's going to tell you why, because we just Googled it. So the interior or an interior minister is a cabinet official position that this person is responsible for internal affairs, such as public security, civil registration, identification, emergency management, supervision of regional and local governments. They conduct elections and the public administration and immigration matters. That's why. And that's a right hand man. It is their right hand man. Good God, the corruption. 
the just across the board, yeah. like in all around. This is this is why, especially Nicaragua. Then, and could you imagine being Barry Seal, like U.S. You got, I mean, lit- literally, y'all good? Because yeah, I'm great over here. Yeah, like what is going on? Either way, the two were released relatively quickly at his direction, but it wasn't quick enough because the word had already gotten back to the DEA right after they learned that his plane crashed or was shot down and that he was arrested. And the DEA knew that they were not going to be able to get Barry Seal out on their own. So they reached out to the CIA for help. And the CIA was like, Barry Seal, oh my God, we recognize that name, don't know how. For sure, we can help him out, no problem. But now you're off the case and we're on. Thanks for all your hard work. Like, here's a medal, bye. And this is important to note because the second that Barry, a U.S. citizen, crashed his plane in the Sandinista government, this was now a massive enemy of the United States. Also because they were tight with Cuba at this point and the Soviet Union, a.k.a. they were already on the U.S.'s shit list. So much so that the White House and the CIA had illegally funded right wing death squads to try and discredit the Sandinista regime. And these death squads were called the Contras, which Morgan covered in the last episode 114 part one and as we know they were funded to basically wage a brutal civil war within the sandinista territory all of this to say that the u.s knew the sandinistas were communist but they had no idea that they were also cocaine traffickers so in order to basically make themselves talking about the u.s government look good after funding a literal death squad that committed thousands and thousands of war crimes which if you listen to patreon 29 the war on drugs you know that the geneva convention and the u.s like played a huge role a huge role in drug and war crime laws so i mean there's just like a lot of shit that goes into that which maybe we'll be able to bring in on another episode but we just don't really have the time patreon Patreon, you've got it for right now but basically if you just looked up the geneva convention and the war on drugs about how those two coincided with all of this during this time period you'll understand that basically the u.s went in and we were like there needs to be a law a law and also about drug use and that needs to be like almost a war crime and then we literally went and broke all the laws that we forced them to abide by and yeah, here's the entire us, world abide by literally almost. basically the entire world um and that was a whole thing in itself that we had to like call people we had to phone a friend to learn more about this because if you okay we all learned about the geneva convention obviously and like united nations and nato and all but that. what's the difference but like what what we learned about it. We know what it is, but like, why? Why? When did it happen? Wh- who, what brought run, it? who really runs it? Who runs it? And it's like this order, this group, this uh, world order group runs it. And we're like, okay, well, well how do they sus. get voted in? <laughs> like, that's weird. And then we're like, why? Why did this come about? Like, it's just, and no one, like, not even my dad, who literally like has a memory and so much just knowledge like not half of it's useless but like so much knowledge he was like he told us everything about what it is and why it is and he was like you know but i don't really know much more than that and i was like that's weird that's scary yeah um and patreon you got to hear that in real time us try to figure out what the hell that was going on what was going on either way All of this to say, and I'm going to bring it back to where we were, they had to make themselves look good after funding this death squad that committed all of these war crimes to prove to the world that it was for a good cause, fighting communism and the war on drugs, which would have resulted in more support for the Contras and the U.S. government for doing the awful shit that they did. And the fastest way to gather their proof was by using someone that was already on the inside, a.k.a. Barry Seal, a.k.a. Ellis McKenzie. 
So when Barry Seal was released by the Nicaraguan troops at the direction of Escobar's men, and we now know the guy that probably runs everything Literally. in Nicaragua, um, and returned back to the United States, he was immediately brought into a briefing with the CIA, where he was told that his mission had changed. And his job was to get photos of the massive drug deal that he was scheduled to conduct as Ellis McKenzie, his alias. Obviously, this task was extremely dangerous because it wasn't how it is today. We didn't have tiny little unnoticeable cameras that you can put in a teddy bear's eyeball. It, not that I know from experience. Oh, like, where is that one More going like on? criminal minds. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> not in the teddy bear's eyeball. Whoa. <laughs> My God. <laughs> yes, you could disguise them. But if anyone looked just a little too hard, they would definitely see them, which would get Barry Seal executed or brutally tortured on spot and maybe even his family. Yes, he was going by Ellis McKenzie, but that didn't matter because they would figure out fast enough to know his true identity if he was caught. Barry literally begged the CIA agents to not put him in this position. It was too dangerous, even for a daredevil like him. He obviously did not want to be involved. And you know what? I would be like, this is where I'm drawing the line. Yeah, but you know what? You're, 10 years in prison, that sounds fine. You're asking me to get killed. Yeah, you're literally giving me, you're writing, you're basically signing off on my death certificate. Right. The second that we start doing this. But the CIA did not care. They basically told him tough shit because it was either this or he spent his entire life in prison. And in the words of more, my trick-or-treating threat, it's your choice, bitch. <laughs> your choice, bitch. Your choice, bitch. That's one of my favorite quotes that we have and it wasn't anything that was like so substantial that we like made crazy well we did make clips about it but like i don't know i loved it so much so funny yeah whatever so either way on june 25th or 26th most sources say 26 but i did come across many reputable ones that said 25th 1984 barry seal boarded on a c-123k military cargo plane that was as we know equipped with two hidden cameras and flew to nicaragua when he touched down in the airfields, once again, he was completely surrounded by armed troops after turning off his engines. But as they drew closer to Barry Seal's plane, one of the hidden cameras began malfunctioning, making extremely loud noises. I'm sorry, they did that shit on purpose. Dude, the way that I would have just had a heart attack and died. No, like, they had to have been like, I wonder, I do wonder if, you may talk about this, but if the camera footage was not live, but it was getting shot back like through like satellite imaging. No. Like back to that. No, you want to know how it happened? You watched American Made, right? Yeah. You know how the buddy was sitting there clicking the camera? That's how it really was. He had to stand there with a cord and click a button like when you're walking into the ride on Disney and they're clicking how many people are oh, on. Oh, my God. I didn't even pick up on that. Yeah. Yeah. That it, That's what was so dangerous because Barry Seal was like trying to negotiate like we're not going to be sitting here clicking that. this. We need to move. We need to be helping them load the cocaine. We can't be sitting here overseeing it. We're working for them. Yeah. And, you know, and he had to stand there and so his partner had to sit there and do that. I would literally just straight up die. Yeah, I would die. So I don't know what it was that was malfunctioning. Maybe it was just like going off on its own, like popping off. I don't know. It's just going. It was just popping right off. Popping right off, Queen. It was like, ooh, Escobar. <laughs> Literally. Um, basically, though, as this is malfunctioning, it's being loud as fuck. And this is a race against time. Seal had no choice but to find some excuse to gun the engines in order to cover up the loud sounds before his plane was searched. And as he did this, a car pulls alongside his plane and frickin Pablo Escobar got out. 
for oh the first time ever. For some unknown, ungodly reason, Escobar had come to personally help load his bags of cocaine onto Barry Seal, or as he thought at the time, Ellis McKenzie's plane. And the camera on Barry Seal's plane captured photos of Escobar, Gonzalo Rodriguez Gacha, and Frederico Vaughn. Obviously, these are massive people that Important. that they're getting caught on camera helping Barry Seal load bags of cocaine with the Sandinistas onto this plane. AKA, they literally were loading between 12 and 1,500 pounds of cocaine onto this C-123K. A military cargo plane. They're just sitting there loading it on there. Barry Seal returns to the United States where the CIA went through all of the footage and retrieved every single one of the photos, which included great photos of Pablo Escobar literally just like holding a bag of cocaine and looking like directly at the camera. And Barry Seal's like got his arm around him like looking up. Hey, look at this. So this is massive because this is the first piece of photographic proof that Escobar was doing these dealings. And now we literally have someone an official in one of these areas loading the planes loading them up. loading the planes of cocaine naturally the cia dea white house and all these other agencies they're elated on june 29th 1984 u.s military commander southern command general paul f gorman made a speech where he stated that the u.s had evidence that the nicaraguan government was involved in drug smuggling aka federico vaughn aka mr vaughn um, but in order to protect Barry Seal's identity, he did not mention Seal or the fact that this evidence was obtained using undercover flights. Just very vague statements. Barry Seal was a hero. He had just done something for the United States government that had they had been trying to do for the last 10 years. So it was their job to protect him and his family. Barry went back to being a DEA informant after this in order to keep his deals and his freedom. Not to mention it allowed him to make insane amounts of money as he had done before. On July 7th, Barry Seal made another trip to Nicaragua where he delivered money to Escobar in order to pay the Sandinistas for the landing rights. And I didn't realize what a big deal this was for people that smuggled using planes until I listened to a interview with um, Roger Reeves and Gary Hemming, who are two people that are still alive and talk like literally they're whistleblowers. They're talking about crazy shit all the time. Just got out of prison, still rambling on about it. Um, either way, if you want to go and watch one of those interviews, I and again, I put this in the show notes. If you want to see our sources where all of these are linked, there are so many that you're going to have to just email us about it and we'll send you the entirety of our documents because it would take up all the space in our description and we wouldn't get to leave you the cute little notes that we we do, you know. You know, the fun little and, you know, thank our sponsors like paired another sponsor of today's episode. It is a relationship app for couples. Guys, you already know how much we love paired because, of course, we already told you about it. But did we tell you that the boys are actually kind of obsessed with it now? They're digging it. Like Logan came in the room the other night was like, Tay, you didn't do your paired quiz today. And I was like, oh. Whoa. <laughs> no whoa no even better than that i heard them talking on the xbox about it to one of the guys that and they they're telling them with. to download it yeah. i heard logan mentioned pair the other night but i didn't know what i thought he was talking about a pair i cannot believe it was actually the app yeah that's freaking iconic of them i love it and we're gonna suggest that you guys do it too 100%. it is so simple mm-hmm. you and your partner just download the app pair together and every day paired gives you questions quizzes and games to have fun stay connected and deepen those conversations and what was really sweet is we had a prompt the other day and sorry this might be like a little bit of a tmi but it was basically like what is something intimate that's not like sexual that your partner does that you really appreciate and logan had no idea that this was something so 
intimate to me was the fact that he rubs my back at night before yeah. I fall asleep. And that's just something that my mom did for me when I was a little girl. And it just brings me so much comfort. comfort. And the fact that it like doesn't have to turn into anything. The fact that he can just rub my back. It just really means like so much to me. Aww. I know. That's what he said. Guys, it's simple, often hilarious. And you get a daily question to answer. And you cannot see your partner's answers until you answer yourself okay morgan what is the funniest thing that aaron has answered on paired oh my gosh i totally forgot about this so remember we were on the phone the other day tossing ideas around for a new patreon video yeah. some some type of vlog content that we mm -hmm. can get out well aaron was sitting on the couch overheard the conversation and i got a notification on my phone that he had answered the prompt for that day and it was the question was what's one new activity that you could try together this month oh god and i get his answer and it says to teach you how to play phasmophobia what Sir? And I think that's what it's called. Is that the one where they scream, the power of Christ can Yeah, you? and he was like, and I looked at him, I said, what is that? And he reminded me what it was, and he was like, it would be great content. You could live stream it. I'm like, so oh. you want me to be a gamer girl? Oh, so we're going to be gamer girls he now. Was, but it was cute. It, yeah, was, it was cute. It was funny, It was too. a good idea. It was comical. Because it's like a ghost hunting game. Yeah. And they play it all the time. They're screaming like, holy water, holy water, <laughs> get the holy water. Oh, you know what? That would... That's a pretty good idea. That is, that is okay, pretty, actually. Okay, Aaron, we'll write that one down. All right. Well, whether you're just a few dates in or have been together for a long time, it's time to lighten the mood and have fun with your partner by using Paired. Head to Paired.com slash Creeps and Crimes to download the app and get a seven-day free trial. Just head to P-A-I-R-E-D.com slash Creeps and Crimes to sign up today. Connect with your partner every day using Paired. A happier relationship starts here. Okay, sorry for that rant. I'll get back into it. So either way, where we left off was that on July 7th, Barry Seal made this other trip to go pay Escobar the money in order for him to pay the Sandinistas for the landing rights. And because Seal, a.k.a. Ellis McKenzie, as they knew him still at, at this point, was making the trip already, Escobar was like, perfect, I'm going to plan another shipment for you to take back into the U.S. But Seal, a.k.a. Ellis, told Escobar that he had gotten a tip that his landing spot aka we know as Mina was under DEA surveillance and unsafe to transport his goods and Escobar kind of saw this as Barry slash Ellis being like a good friend and protecting his product and in reality it was at the direction of the DEA as they did not want to seize another 12 to 1500 pound load as they felt that this would be impossible to explain away why this shipment never made it to the distribution sites, good God, so sorry, in Miami. Again, protecting Barry Seal, because he would have to explain that away to Escobar. But somehow, soon after Barry had returned from this second trip, the DEA was alerted of a leak that was taking place about the Nicaraguan investigation. And this leak had something to do with General Gorman's statements that he had made in that July, I'm sorry, June 29th statement release that he'd done. And this forced the DEA to work very quickly in order to arrest the cartel distributors in Miami that Barry had given them tips off of before their cover was blown. So they had Barry Seal set up a meeting as Ellis McKenzie with Carlos Bustamante. And he was the chief cartel supervisor in Miami on July 17th. And Holy the DEA. Crap. Yeah, right. Big, big, big dogs. Yeah, right here with the big dogs. You, they just caught. So as they're in this meeting or about to go into it, whatever, the DEA raids the meeting location and arrests Carlos and many other cartel employees. But during the raid, they were able to collect evidence that provided the basis for the first drug trafficking indictment in the U.S. against Pablo Escobar and the Ochoa brothers, but specifically Juan, I think it is. 
Yeah, it had to be one. Juan Ochoa. Yeah, because he was the businessman of all yeah. of them. But after this raid on the evening of July 17th, every single thing changed. The photos from the June 26th drug deal were leaked to a reporter named Edmund Jacoby by who we can only assume to be the White House or the CIA as they were the only people that had access to these photographs. Right. And put on the first page of the Washington Times. Unbelievable. Like we said in the photos that the CIA had collected, you can clearly see Barry Seal, Escobar and many other key figures within the cartel and the Sandinista government. Therefore, Jacoby had exposed Seal's image and didn't, though he didn't name him, this is still dangerous because obviously Escobar knows who that Barry is. Barry Seal is. Or right, Alice or McKenzie Ellis is. McKenzie yeah. is. But two days later, the New York Times ran the exact same story using the leaked photos, but in more detail. Oh my God. In this article, they detailed the amount of cocaine that Barry Seal had smuggled in on this deal. So... Barry Seal was absolutely fucked. I would be absolutely furious. I would be You're supposed furious. to protect me. I did this and I, you promised me. If I would have went to jail, yep. I would be alive. Yeah. I would literally be alive if I would have just gone to jail. But it's like I gave you key information. I handed you, you Pablo Escobar. Yeah. And you put my life at risk. You put my family's life at yep. risk. And you were you the, the photos got leaked. You're the fucking CIA. Yeah. How do you leak? You how do those leak? How do those just... How does the way Washington, out. what is it, the Washington Post? Yeah, the Washington The Washington Times. Times. Just like, mm, let me just hack into the CIA real quick. And like, how rude of the New York Times. Yeah. Like, seriously, y'all? You literally just got signed someone's death certificate. Yep. Days later, the Medellin learned that Ellis McKenzie was really Barry Seal and put a contract to kidnap or murder him. A high-level cartel distributor in Miami named Max Mermelstein was told that if Seal was killed, the bounty was $500,000. But if he was captured and brought to them alive, the price was $1 million. Good God. Max accepted the contract because it was well known if you turned the Medellin down, you would also be killed. Jeez. After accepting, he received a phone call from an Ochoa and Escobar himself thanking him for his help and was given $100,000 up front for any troubles or equipment that he may need. As for Barry Seal, he couldn't go into witness protection or else he would lose all of his money, contacts, and he wouldn't be able to fly again, meaning he would not be able to continue as a DEA informant, a.k.a. he would go to prison. The United States fucked Barry Seal. 100%. He continued to set up undercover operations for the DEA using his fleet and smugglers out of MENA. In fact, sometime in December of 1984, Barry Seal was arrested in Louisiana after flying in a cargo of marijuana. He was able to pay his $250,000 bond, and after his release, he continued smuggling drugs with his MENA fleet and the DEA. In January of 1985, Barry had his ex-brother-in-law, William Bottoms, perform a shipment from Bolivia to Las Vegas that led to many arrests and convictions of drug traffickers. And in February of 1985, Barry Seal also played a pivotal role in an undercover operation against the chief minister of the Turks and Caicos Islands, Norman Saunders. After Saunders had accepted a $30,000 bribe from Seal on video camera to ensure safe passage of drugs via a refueling airstrip for drug flights from Colombia to the United States. For this, he was sentenced to eight years in prison and fined $50,000. While working for the DEA and continuing his smuggling operations, SEAL provided information to the United States government that led to 17 criminal convictions. So though there was a bounty for his head and the CIA had completely fucked him over, 
Barry actually felt safe within the DEA's protection. According to Daniel Hopsicker, quote, Seal told investigators that between March of 1984 and August of 1985, he had made a quarter of a million dollars smuggling up to 15,000 kilos of cocaine while working for the DEA and another $575,000 when the DEA let him keep all of the money from one shipment. Holy Christ. I mean, I think at this point the DEA is like, okay, like we know like right. Like one here's the money, keep the money because eventually it's probably going to become back into the government. They yeah. knew. Number one, it's dirty money. It's and dirty it's going to come back to us. Because you have a bounty on your head. Right. From the Midday and Cartel. And in addition to all of this, it's like, I mean, if you're going to keep giving us the information, keep running your thing. Like, you and, know. And, but I also feel like the DEA at the same point is like to the CIA, like, okay, well, you stole our man. Mm-hmm. You ruined our man. Uh, you ruined all of the operations that we could have had. Because if you would have not given out this information, we could have probably knocked out every single one of these massive drug kings right in the area but instead you got trigger happy basically and you leaked these photos because you're so excited to save your ass for the fact that you have illegally funded and given weapons to not not ideal not ideal places right u.s weapons so not ideal places and then you you, or no you're in hot water for that so you've got to find some reason to say like oh see it got us some good it did this good and that's exactly why they pull the trigger so quick 100 percent Starting in June of 1985, Max Mermelstein, I couldn't say it, Morgan kind of struggled. Mermelstein, yeah. Mermelstein um, had located Barry Seal and was literally plotting his abduction or death. Luckily, he was arrested by a federal task force before he completed his operation. As soon as he was arrested, he told the task force about the contract and Seal was informed about the contract killing that was placed on him, about the bounty. So basically, Max was like, here's everything. Like, wow. Yeah, here's everything. I'm surprised, actually. Well, because apparently in one of the interviews that I read from Max, he said that he didn't want to accept the bounty because he knew that he knew that he would get killed. Cartel would kill him. So he he had to go forward with it. He was like almost hoping he would get caught. So I'm sure maybe he was like dropping the hints. Yeah, probably. I mean, I would because I'd be like, throw me into witness protection right now. Yeah. Right now. I don't want anybody's blood on my hand, especially someone who's I know is working for the CIA, the DEA and the U.S. government and George H.W. Bush. Like everybody like I know who he's working for. I don't want his blood on my hands. Right. Because that's only going to be bad for you. Either way, um, as soon as he was arrested, he told them everything. And immediately, Barry was taken into federal custody and placed into a witness protection center. But it wasn't just for his protection. Again, they needed to use him. He spent the next several months testifying in court as a primary witness in three trials. The first being the trial of Saunders and the other Turks and Caicos officials in July of 1985. The second being the trial of the Miami cartel distributors in August of 1985. And in that same month, the last trial was the trial of the cartel distributors who had arranged the Bolivia to Las Vegas shipments of cocaine which also took place in that same month but because of Seal's testimony all three of these trials resulted in convictions of each of the defendants and on top of all of this the government saw Seal as such an amazing asset to them that they made him do a public appearance in front of the president's commission of organized crime to tell his experience as a drug smuggler so now he's on TED Talks Basically. And of course, all of which was in exchange for his protection and continued of undercover operations as an informant with many different agencies. At this point, how can they truly believe that he's undercover? Le- 
Literally. At this point. Literally. You have the man going viral. Mm-hmm. Literally on his viral. TED Talks. Yep. Not TED Talks. You guys know what we're saying. Yeah. He's but, just, but he's you're like, speaker. But like you, we still need you to be undercover. By the way, be undercover. But you're not undercover anymore. Right. You have blown his cover, actually. You personally have single-handedly blown his cover. But also at this point in time, he was summoned to court in Florida again for his second indictment in the big screamer operation. There in Florida, Barry Seal pled guilty to all charges at the direction of his DEA supervisors for which he was sentenced to five years of unsupervised probation. So basically free. You're good. (laughs) Yeah. They were like, uh, probation. Mm, You're good. Anyone else? Lifetime. (laughs) Anybody else? You're done. In October of 1985, Barry Seal returned to court for his first indictment in Big Screamer, the one for which he had been sentenced to 10 years for. In order for Judge Norman Rotger to hear the testimonies of the agencies, specifically the DEA. After hearing of the successful work Seal had done for the DEA, his sentence was changed to serving three more months in witness protection in three years probation. But this caused a lot of issues with the state of Louisiana because they had an entire task force dedicated to investigating Seal's involvement in smuggling thousands of kilos of cocaine through their bayous. Pretty much, Louisiana was banking on Seal being motherfucked by a massive sentencing in Florida. And when he didn't, Judge Frank Polozola told Seal, the DEA, and his lawyers that he was not happy and would sentence Seal to a strict probation in Louisiana. Even though he wished he could do more, but he was bound by the federal deal Seal had made restricting him from serving that prison time. So Polozola like literally was like, I want to sentence you to life in prison, basically. But, but I can't. I can't because you've got people bigger than me on your side. Whoa. Could you Whoa. imagine how that feels as a judge yeah. to have your hands tied? Damn. On January 24th, 1986, Judge Polozola sentenced Barry Seal to three years of strict probation in which he could not leave the city of Baton Rouge under any circumstances unless it was directly approved by Judge Polozola. He had to spend every single night of the first six months of his probation in a halfway house. He was banned from employing any armed security personnel. He was not allowed to carry a firearm or any anything to protect himself and lastly he was assigned to serve six months of community service every single evening at the salvation army's community treatment center in baton rouge and in the public court of law judge polizola out loud read the exact times and address that barry seal would need to be every single night for the next six months as if Judge Polizola purposefully, knowing that there was a contract out on Barry Seal's head and the absolute danger that he was in for what he had done for these massive agencies and for the United States government with now no protection and nowhere to hide, handed Barry Seal over to the Medellin cartel. Point blank, period. He absolutely he did absolutely that. did. And I wonder, I wonder if he, there was an underlying well deal with that some people say that we're there in public um and i read this on uh, like a few different more like blog reports of people that were there so i don't know how factual this is so take this with a grain of salt that when judge polizola read this he basically like took a deep breath and like looked up and then gave it like he didn't want to say it and he was being forced to forced or paid yeah Less than a month later, just three weeks into his probation, on February 19th, 1986, Barry Seal drove to the Salvation Army and parked his car outside as he arrived for his nightly shift. 
But what he didn't know was that there were three to six men in a parked car behind the center's donation drop boxes. Before 46-year-old Barry Seal could even open his car door, one of the men got out and opened fire with a suppressed MAC-10 submachine gun. Seal was hit six times and died almost instantly. Luckily, it just so happened that there were unarmed witnesses a few cars over that were able to write down every single detail of the car the hitmen were in and what they looked like. So, six Colombian men were quickly caught and arrested in connection to Seal's murder. Luis Carlos Quintero Cruz, Miguel Velez, and Bernardo Antonio Vasquez were all three indicted on state charges for capital murder. A fourth man was indicated separately on lesser charges and evidence of direct involvement for the other two was insufficient. Therefore, they were released and deported. Also, federal charges were filed against Ochoa, Escobar, and Rafael Cardona for conspiring to violate Barry Seal's civil rights by murdering him. The murder of Barry Seal was heavily covered by the media, and the public was going insane with questions about the truth behind the death of Barry Seal. Mainly because it had recently come out that the IRS concluded that Barry Seal owed $29 million in taxes, for which they placed a federal lien on him. He had also recently been slated to testify as a primary witness in court against Ochoa. But the cherry on top, what led to the largest public outcry, media coverage, and conspiracies was the fact that, according to local authorities and first responders that responded to the scene immediately, they found something so out of left field in Barry's briefcase before the scene was taken over by the feds. And it was George H. W. Bush's personal phone number. Unbelievable. And this, and I'm going to put finger quotes around this, conspiracy, according to the federal agents, was backed up in 2011 when journalist Evan Wright co-wrote a book with drug smuggler John Roberts, and they released their book. It was called American Desperado. It was about John's life, in which John wrote this about Barry Seal, quote, The one time I flew with him to Nicaragua, transporting guns on the behalf of the CIA in either 1983 or 1984, I told him I was uptight. Barry said, quote, don't worry, we're working for the Vice President Bush, end quote. Wow. (laughs) This media coverage, public demand for answers and conspiracies caused the trial to be delayed for several months as it was impossible to find an unbiased juror in Baton Rouge specifically. Therefore, the location was changed to Lake Charles, Louisiana, and began in April of 1987. The primary witnesses being Max Mermelstein and Luis Carlos Uri. Yuri Munera. All three defendants, Quintero Cruz, Valles, and Vasquez, were found guilty and sentenced to life without parole. And I'm really sorry if I mispronounce those. I'm trying my best, but my tongue is literally not even working on my like first language right now. <laughs> um, either way, but let's talk about the details of this trial. The main story that was spun was that Jorge Ochoa was the main person wanting Seal dead because he didn't want Seal to testify against him in the U.S. trial. What's odd, though, is that, number one, Ochoa never stood trial in the United States. Number two, Seal never saw Ochoa as a threat. In fact, Seal made it very clear that he was more afraid of George H.W. Bush and the CIA than he was of the Medellin cartel. His secretary, Dandra, is adamant in her beliefs that this was not the doing, and by this I mean the murder of Barry Seal, was not the doing of the Matean cartel. In fact, she said, quote, The CIA allowed it to happen. Barry had a chart. He had dirt on anybody and everybody. And I believe End that. End quote. 
And in addition to this, there is what Albert Carone's daughter has to say about the matter. But you may know him better as Al Carone, a.k.a. the colonel in Army Intelligence, the CIA paymaster or bagman, and the man that was sent to Dallas to pay off Jack Ruby before the assassination of JFK. Carone's daughter, Dee Ferdinand, told Daniel Hopsicker that her father was also the bagman for the hit that was placed on Barry Seal by Oliver North, Holy shit. a.k.a. the National Security Council staff member during the Iran-Contra affair. Shut up. And this theory or claim is reinforced by the defense attorney for Miguel Velez, Richard Sharpstein. Why does everybody have Stein at the end of their name? Stein or Stein. I mean, Who good knows? God. Oh, my God. Tomato, tomato. Um, right. Who said all three of the Colombian men that went on trial were adamant that once they got into the United States, they were at the direction on what to do and where to go by, quote, an anonymous gringo, end quote who was, that they knew, a U.S. military officer. And after seeing an interview on the news, they identified this man as being Oliver North. And Oliver North is an episode for another time because he's a whole entire thing. He's a whole, and he's still alive. Like, good God, mom. Insane story. Insane. But why would Bush want Barry Seal dead? According to many of Barry Seal's co-workers and friends, Seal had a video copy of a 1985 DEA cocaine sting that caught both of his sons, George and Jeb Bush picking up kilos of cocaine at a Florida airport. After the trial for Barry Seal's murder, his widow, Debbie, was given a $29 million jeopardy assessment from the IRS. That is believed to have been a strategy to keep her from speaking with reporters. While defending herself from the IRS charge, she went through Barry's phone records, where she found a number that was called multiple times a day. She called only to find that it belonged to the Defense Intelligence Agency, and she was told to never call again. But later that day, she received a call from the DIA where an agent said to her, quote, Debbie, you're young. You have your whole life ahead of you, and you have your kids to think about. Don't call anyone in Washington again. Oh, I have chills all over me. And you know it was just some misogynist. Oh, asshole. you know it was some of me like, you've got Debbie, your kids. You're young. I would have like, come on, Dad. I would have literally called everybody in Washington. I would have been like, it's actually on the Washington Times. Remember that? Yeah, right, <laughs> right, right. Washington Times. Like, what was that guy's name? Jacoby. Let me give him a call. Let me give him a call. On October 5th, 1986, a C-123K military cargo plane that was supplying the Contras was shot down by the Sandinista Patrol in Nicaragua. And that night, George H.W. Bush received a phone call with, beside him was Samuel Watson, making them aware of the fact that the aircraft had gone missing. And this call came from Felix Rodriguez, who is a Cuban-American man that worked for the paramilitary operations, I'm sorry, as a paramilitary operations officer in the Special Activities Division of the CIA and is known for his involvement in the Bay of Pigs invasion, as well as the execution of Chi Guevara and his close relationship with George H.W. Bush as the result of them working closely together during the Iran-Contra affair. Besties. Besties. The pilot of this plane that was shot down was U.S. veteran Eugene Hassenfuss, I believe, 
um, and he survived the crash and was taken captive. He told his captors that he thought that the CIA was behind this entire operation and gave up several, several, y'all, Cuban-Americans that were running the operation in El Salvador with the CIA. And those he mentioned were Rafael Quintero, Luis Posada, and Felix Rodriguez. And it was literally all about this Iran-Contra scandal that was going on. And that C-123K military cargo plane? Oh, oh yeah, this is really important to note. It was the same exact one that Barry Seal owned and the one that he flew when he had the hidden cameras and literally got the photos of Escobar and everybody. And it may just be a coincidence that Eugene had been directed to fly this exact plane as a part of a secret network that happened to be led by Oliver North. But I'm going to guess probably not. It's a no from me, dog. It's a no from me. Probably not. Okay, but either way, with all that being said, that is the end of the detailed coverage and research that we have done on Barry Seal. And I know that this all kind of started, not kind of, this is what started it was us covering, well, me covering Boys on the Tracks and Mina and Barry Seal's connections to these drop sites like A1 where they were killed at along with the Hogden, Hogsden, Oklahoma boys from a year or two prior and to bring it back to the entire conversation that got us onto Barry Seal it was about Barry Seal's connections with Bill Clinton and when he was the Arkansas governor government what governor at the time sorry I'm stumbling on my words because obviously we were kind of scarred by covering this I'm not even gonna lie this is like one of the scarier ones and I know Morgan does this all the time, but we don't ever go this in depth, no, especially never. when connecting them with a murder. And connecting um, with people that are still alive and still very much so in power. I mean, literally enough that I got a call from a U.S. Customs US agent. U.S. Customs agent. <laughs> yeah. Huh, odd. Either way. So Morgan is going to read these awesome excerpts that we found from a Reddit thread to a book. And I'm going to let her take it over about Barry Seal's connections with Mina and Arkansas governor at the time, Bill Clinton. Okay, so this these excerpts from this book, and we're going to link this Reddit down below because there is a lot on it, and he this Reddit user has also linked each like portion source. of this book. Yeah. So it's it's I think it's going to be a great source. I think it's going to be. I mean, it is a great source. Right, and you, this is not one that you have to request from us if you want to this see it. This is going to be linked in the show notes. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically, it is an, these are excerpts from this book from a guy named um, L.D. Brown. And L.D. Brown was... Um, Bill Clinton's favorite bodyguard and he was an Arkansas state trooper and L.D. Brown claims that he joined the CIA he ran guns to the Contras with Barry Seal and he brought back drugs on return flights he had joined the agency the CIA at the request of Bill Clinton and Bill Clinton contacted George Bush to get him this job so here are a couple excerpts quote Seal reached back to open the duffel bag in the back he removed a manila envelope identical to the one he had given me after our first trip I knew what was in the envelope, but there was something else this time. He reached deeper in the bag and gave me the shock of my life. Seal's face had a sly, smirkly, almost proud look as he removed a wax paper-wrapped tape brick-shaped package from the bag. I immediately recognized it as identical to bricks of cocaine from my days in narcotics. So to preface this, this is obviously his first time dealing with seeing the drugs. Right. Realizing this is more than a, an operation. Mm-hmm. He says, I didn't know what to think and began demanding to know what was going on. I cursed, ranted, raved, and I believe I actually caused Seal to wonder if I might pull a gun and arrest him. 
Seal threw up his hands and tried to calm me down, saying everything was all right and quickly exited my car. He removed the bag from the bag from the bag and hustled back towards the plane. I at once felt a sense of panic and relief that Seal was gone. Had he left something in the car? Was I about to be surrounded by the police? Wait a minute, I was the police. And furthermore, this was an operation sanctioned by the CIA and I was recruited by them and by Bill Clinton. I would become furious with Bill for shepherding me through this mess, indeed for getting me involved. I would then as quickly think of explaining it all away as a sting operation designed to trap the people on the other end of our flight who maybe had sold the drugs to Seal. Later on, he talks about his first meeting with Bill Clinton after this encounter with Barry Seal and the cocaine. He says, quote, the tension was building up inside me as I saw Bill coming out the back door. I was getting mad all over again as I got out of my car and he strode over to me. It was the first time we talked since the trip, the trip he knew that I was going to take. His mouth opened and the words, you having fun yet, were already forming on his lips when I burst out. Do you know what they are bringing back on those airplanes? He immediately threw up his hands in a halting fashion and took a couple steps back. I know he thought he was in danger of receiving a Class A state police ass whipping. My hopes of an innocent explanation to the whole sordid affair were dashed with the now famous line, that's Lassiter's deal, that's Lassiter's deal. He whined it as if he had just taken a tongue lashing by Hillary. Quote, and your buddy, Vice President George Herbert Walker Bush, knows about it. Bill had done to me what I had seen him do to so many people. I, too, had now been used and severely betrayed. I immediately ran to Becky, who lived in a small house on the mansion grounds, as in Bill Clinton's mansion, and I told her of the incident and cried with the pain that it had caused me. He says, but I was not done with the CIA. In early 1985, I received a telephone call from a man at the mansion who identified himself as Felix Rodriguez, a man who claimed that he was Barry Seal's boss. He asked if he could come to Arkansas and meet me, and I agreed. Could it have been that Seal was doing drug transports on his own? I was more curious than anything else and had to find out. Rodriguez was the man to tell me. Felix Rodriguez is a Cuban-American with a long history of intelligence work. He had telephoned me at the mansion and wanted to meet me there in the parking lot, a.k.a. again, Bill Clinton's mansion. When he arrived, he drove in the back gate as if he had been there before. We sat in his rental car and shook hands. Felix was a polished, articulate man, and it was obvious that he did not like Seal. He had already been told by someone about my experiences with Seal and was obviously upset with what Seal had done. I'm still puzzled over how Rodriguez found out about the incident. When I telephoned CIA personnel in Dallas, I never mentioned what happened with Seal. It must have come from Bill, through whoever his contact at the agency was. Rodriguez made me feel comfortable. He had CIA credentials, which he showed me. Quote, don't worry about him. We'll take care of him, is how he assured me of the problem with Barry Seal. And indeed, Seal would die a violent death a year later, at the hands of whom is still a point of controversy in some circles. Chills. And that is called Crossfire Witness in the Clinton Investigation by L.D. Brown. I swear, dude. Oh, my God, Morgan. I didn't tell you about this, which you probably already knew about this. But did you know that 2023, this upcoming year, obviously, to anybody that's living and breathing on the earth, um, is the year that the hidden documents about JFK's assassination come out really yeah i saw this podcast came across my tiktok one of the hosts did and they were talking about it and they were like y'all don't understand what's about to happen in 2023 when this comes out and i'm thinking half of this shit's gonna be redacted 
Oh, for sure. More than they half always of hype it. this shit up. But there's going to be something that, that they have to say. That they have to say. They have to say something when they release these documents. It can't be something that we've heard a million times. Mm-hmm. Holy shit! But the reason why they they actually wanted it to come out in 2029 or 2045 or something crazy like that, and then they put like a clause on it. It was as soon as all these people were dead that were involved, then it could come out. I mean, it was crazy. It was That's crazy. That's insane. I really hope that it's real. But if a podcast was reporting on it, then it's got to be pretty it's factual. Be, yeah. Because we some don't, type of back to we it. don't just go out here, you know, podcasters making anonymous. up names about Barry Zoom, Paul yeah. Escobar, and you know JFK and all that shit. But either way, I am glad this is over. Me too. I'm glad scared. it's over because I've just been like I feel like I've been on edge since we started doing it. Just because obviously like not that we're going to find something that hasn't been said before or say something that hasn't been said before it's a fact that it's coming like we're researching it so people are getting you know if they have flags on it we're getting flagged 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 yeah flagged, which they're probably and like, I oh, feel like the last whatever three weeks four weeks that we've been doing this it's just one giant web that we have mm-hmm. like like I can't necessarily put the pieces together mm-hmm. in my brain I think maybe if I like had mapped it out yeah i could on a board that dates back to richard nixon yeah and uh, like in every like chronological event that took place but i also feel like in every little bit of it it's all been connected yeah because the only way that we would be able to do it is if we base it off of the war on drugs because that's what kind of centered around barry seal's involvement actually let's put the geneva convention right in the middle (laughs) first off everybody needs to know what the geneva convention is because (laughs) Uh, dear God. Therefore, it's the focal piece of our spider web, and it goes right in the middle. <laughs> yes, it goes right in the center because it's just really odd. Like none of the, all this stuff makes sense when you say it in a way that makes sense, but that's because we've scripted it to make sense to you. But in terms of how we're getting the information, it's literally like pieces and pieces. So we've had to make like time more people in this right part. more like people, this more happened people. in this month of this year, and that's how we've created the timeline to tell you guys the case of it. But also, there's so many prominent people involved that are involved in cases that Morgan has been covering for the last three years that we've had this podcast yeah and I feel like if I I wish god I wish that I could go back to all my notes Mm -hmm. since we started and just start creating a web of people and like maybe we'll do that one day with yarn because I truly think that we could uncover something fucking crazy I know I really do too because there's just so much I, I feel like it's right there right in my head like, I know that sounds mm-hmm. crazy, but especially the last four weeks, I feel like there's just one piece of information that would bring it all together that we just don't have. You know what? I think one of the most, like, I don't want to say, like, come to Jesus moments that we've had, but, like, kind of like that. I don't know a better term for it. Was when we were discussing the president's book that was in National Treasure. Yeah. Like, really honest to God, like, it's something that's unspoken mm-hmm. in the White House that just exists and it's it's just accepted by people in power yeah you've got to just you know be blissfully um what's that unaware or aware blissfully unaware of it yeah just what is it what is it naive like or whatever the other word for naive like just being naive towards it like just wiping your hands with it there's nothing i can do it happened those many years ago like now my duty is just to not let it get leaked because but i mean y'all be leaking shit on barry seal and you know this shit that they're covering happened so many years ago what's happening currently right now literally imagine what people that people are gonna find out in 20 years like how Mm -hmm. we're finding out about all this shit right 
like 35 years from now, how are we, what is going to come out? What two girls of the podcast is going to be covering some whack ass case that happened yeah. or is currently happening that we have no idea is going on underneath our noses. Um, and I feel like I'm pretty woke to yeah. the fear mongering side of the human population. Yeah. I do. Like I, I see everything that I possibly could see. Mm -hmm. I'm in every Reddit thread that I possibly could. Mm -hmm. Facebook groups. I mean, yeah. hell, I'm an ancient aliens group. If you want to be added, just let me know. Let me know. Say that I am your um, friend in there. <laughs> your ref. And, yeah, your BFF. <laughs> and um, yeah, your reference. Your ref. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I just feel like, I don't know. It's crazy. Well, you know, I think in the end, what I have to say about Barry Seal and bringing it back to what started us on this journey of digging into Barry Seal um, specifically about Mina and Mina's involvement with um, the boys on the tracks murder. I, I d don't want to sound like I'm like taking up for someone who played a very large role in the fact that these boys were murdered as these were his drop sites. But he was a year dead at this point. Um, now, granted, he was alive for the two boys that took place two years prior. Mm -hmm. But I think the fault to place and the fault to blame has more so everything to do with the fact that the government was covering this up. These were government operations in the end, right. especially in the 80s when all of this took place. Um, Barry Seal had already been working with the DEA and the CIA for years at that point and was, which we know at this, at the end of his life, he was fully controlled by the DEA. Um, and it's just like, I think that Barry Seal shouldn't have died that way. Like, I think it is a crime on the United States part, the government, for allowing someone to who had gave them everything that they asked, followed every rule that they gave, yeah. um, for them to have let him die in the way that he did. And it, like, makes me feel bad for him yeah. that he died that way. And what's also interesting about the boys in the track is that, like you said, Barry Seal had been dead for a year now. Mm -hmm. And at this point, a year after his death, the CIA, the DEA, mm -hmm. the White House the governor of Arkansas, mm -hmm. they knew the drop sites. They knew the drop sites. They and knew his, his drop sites. So tell me why things are still moving right. a year after his death. Because it, it... Which was... A year after his death was, what, years after he was smuggling? Before he was became a full DEA informant. But a lot of people claim, and even this is one of the things that was said in um, American Made is that or alluded to an American made is that his home and property in Mina was actually bought in his name but for him by the CEA CEA what uh no, CIA. CIA yeah wow. and that, oh another thing that I totally forgot to mention that I promised you guys I would bring up is the fact that when Hillary Clinton was running for president this movie American made could not be released it was being blocked by wow. the federal authorities and it took them so it ended up coming out in 2018 but it had been made for i think four to three years at that point from what i remember hearing on roger reeves interviews which again this is not like some reliable like hardcore fact it's a theory but it if you do look up when it was filmed versus when it came out and the directors because it lost i think one or two directors because they were literally like this is going to get me killed and the name for american made the original name was mina and the entirety of it was surrounding the boys on the tracks and their connections with and barry seals connections with the mina airport and instead, they had to change it to being a lot more about Escobar 
and um, instead of Mina. So Mina only got a brief mention, but it was still in there. But they had to change it to American Made, which is about what does that talk about at all? Yeah. And by the way, like you casted Tom Cruise. Well, I was just about to say that's actually really interesting. So they mm-hmm. wouldn't release the movie during Clinton's. She w- they would not allow her them to party. release it while she was running for president. But what's what's interesting about that is what's Tom Cruise most known for? Oh, Scientology. Scientology. So clearly Scientology is not with the Clintons Ooh, because literally. they put their head honcho, the face of the Church of Scientology, mm-hmm. Tom Cruise, right smack dab in the middle of this movie mm-hmm. that was about the corrupt under underlying point of that movie was for people to dig into it and find out the corruption of the Clintons. Yeah. Which is crazy. And then I heard that Barry Seals family actually sued um, the producers of American Made for and the writers because they were um, saying like it wasn't a true representation of his life. Like and basically they were like we actually made it about his life and they made us take it all out. Yeah. So wow. that's crazy. Like the gears in my brain are just turning and turning and turning. Like I just, yeah, I got to think on this shit. Th- this is something that we'll have to come back. And eventually I, I know you've already kind of covered, you've already covered JFK. Um, but no, you haven't. We no, just covered the Kennedys. We just did the Kennedys. Um, we need to cover JFK um, together and go off on Oliver North and all these other individuals yeah. that we met Felix Rodriguez and all these individuals but these are like a every now and then specials because yeah they get really political very government yeah conspiracy based and I know a lot of people don't care for it you right. know what I mean and so yeah 100%. so they're like a they're like special so like well we might hit you with that in February Who like knows? every other month you know we'll kind of do one that centers around political conspiracies mainly because we don't like talking about them yeah. on here it's not something that we you come to listen to right. um so and we don't like doing it and yeah it's just awkward because like this is different this is different because i'm not even this is not like even political this is yeah. just like straight up government corruption yeah uh but you know those like with jfk those get really deep into some very biased shit yeah depending on the sources that you find but either way um we're gonna let you go from the case currently and you guys can stay for a tfu because we recorded a 47 minute intro and you have to get some of it so we wanted to give you some just in case so uh i don't remember what our tfu if you're drinking don't fucking drive and if you're driving Slow the, the fuck, fuck down. down. And remember, this, this is, is totally fucked up. up. Ooh, that felt good. A while. But either way, whenever I was walking in here, I was telling, I told Morgan, I was like, oh, I forgot to tell you this because we were chatting while we were doing things like setting up the studio. And I was going to tell her this then. I totally forgot. So anyways, I'm going to tell you now. Um, in the spirit of like New Year's, New Year's vibes. approaching and resolutions that come. I suck at New Year's res- resolutions. Me I too. can't ever do them good. Like if it goes beyond a month, like I can do like a January something, like something for 30 days. You can do anything for 30 days, you know, so that I don't, you know, it's fine. But well, when I was in Cleveland this past weekend, because it was my mom's birthday. Happy birthday, mama. Happy and, birthday. Love you, um, bitch. Like my fam, my mom's side of the family's Christmas party slash Thanksgiving 
because we all live in different areas and all, everybody's got like 19 kids and all the things. So it's just like combined. You, you just got to do I love that. You actually. pick one, get it over with and nobody will worry about it for the rest of the year. That's actually amazing. No, it's it's really great. It's really and your great. mom's like for me. <laughs> and mom's like, this is and we always do it on the weekend of her birthday. But we also went to the Cleveland Christmas Parade, which it was the biggest it's ever been. There was literally 200 th- floats. And I don't know how that's humanly possible because there were also so many people watching. Like how in the world Cleveland when did Cleveland get that big like it used to be a 15 minute parade and it was done and everybody was in it catch us in a Christmas parade next year yeah we've already been talking about trying to get into somebody's Christmas parade next year (laughs) could you imagine dude I don't think you need an invite for parade you have to go and like fill out a form and get accepted to go in but it's really easy to do they're like yeah of course I just think we live in too much of a religious town that we would be like I feel like we would do better in Knoxville than we would in Cleveland surrounding surrounding areas yeah counties we would do good in Chattanooga like any city we would do good in does nashville have one? we're gonna throw out candies to kids and with a business card yeah and their moms are gonna be like um i uh, know we're no no we're throwing out many bottles of wine <laughs> for the we moms. would literally get arrested yeah um, but either way we like can you show me your id either way we, we throw out links to leave a review <laughs> no literally we're like scan this link and it takes you straight to the review portal on apple and spotify <laughs> <laughs> that would be so great oh, so either way i was um Either way, I was down in Cleveland and I was there from Friday to Monday because I had to go get my name changed legally. It only Finally, took two years. This is it, though, right? This is it. And we're done. I did the, got the whole passport drama behind me. Got the name official name change. Well, there's one more thing. It's called the DMV. So mm-hmm. prison, hell, Hades, you know. And then all of the cards. Oh my god, I don't even know what I'm gonna do. I need to change my address on the DMV. Actually. Oh yeah. Well, do you have the gold star yet? No. Well, in January, I think it is, we won't be able to fly. They say that every, every time, year, and but then they, they pushed it, it from, they already pushed it two times because it came out in 2019 and then the pandemic happened in early 2020. So they pushed it. Pennsylvania's and then it, real ID law for flying has been in effect since I was in high but school. But it's like, I don't even need a real ID. I have a passport. In, in effect, and they've just kept delaying and delaying because no one's getting it. it. They're like, well, why? It's like if you get pulled over now in Tennessee. And starting in January and you don't have the gold star, like you can be arrested for having an invalid driver's license. Oh, but that pisses me off because like I don't even need to update my license. Other what if than you don't fly? Name. Well, yeah, it's like it's just really and you have a passport like I have a pass. Well, not everybody has a passport, but I have a passport like if mm-hmm. I needed to use something to fly, I got a whole passport. Yeah. We're good. It just doesn't make sense to me. But then I'm like, oh, I guess it is really easy to like fake a Pennsylvania ID because what was no, my fake in, what was my fake in college? Uh, Pennsylvania. When I first I saw. When I first saw your freaking Pennsylvania ID, it looked like the original Tennessee ones. And first off, it's literally a white card with a sticker on top. Yep. There was nothing about it that was I like. I forget when they changed it. Maybe state. like 2017 or something. Cleveland, uh, Jesus. Tennessee's changed in like 2010, 2009. I remember because I had yeah, my ours mom's. Is so easy. And I'm like, this is my ID in elementary school. <laughs> Stupid. Is this my mom? Oh, I guess it would have been this elementary school, middle school, whatever. I'm 36. <laughs> I'm 30, whatever years old. I don't know how old my mom was then. Either way, so, but da da da. When I was down there, I was running around, like you know, cooking because we did Italian dinner for Christmas. We change it up every year because everybody's done with Thanksgiving dinner by that point. Yeah. So we're just like whatever. Like one year we did your favorite fast food and we call it at um, Talladega Nights like Ricky Bobby Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. That would be good. Oh, it was so great. KFC, McDonald's, all the things. And then this year we did um, 
Italian, but either way. So I was cooking and running errands and my little sisters were in the parade and it was Lola's last year being in the parade. We did all that. We hosted like my mom like had a bunch of friends come because it was the night of her birthday. So well, the day after her birthday, but we had like everybody that are their their best friends and like the parents of people on the cheer squad came by like whatever. And people just walk up and down the downtown area. And that's where my dad's office is. So everybody was down there with us either way. So I was running the entire time I was there Monday I was grinding it's like the second I get a, my computer crashed that's why creepy account didn't go out until <laughs> yesterday night and then it's like the second my computer crashed the sec the one day the one Monday in the entire world that I am not in Knoxville at my desktop everything went sideways like every email that we could ever get about something being wrong or something needed in a timely manner straight on Monday. straight gone and guess where everything is Oh, it's on the Mac. It's on the desktop up here. And yep. my computer crashed, whatever. So either way, when I was running around, and I mentioned this a little bit in the creepy account episode that my back has been killing me. Like I have not been able to figure out what's going on with my back. Well, number one, my mom's bed is a lot harder than my bed here. So I'm wondering maybe if it's my bed because this morning I woke up and my back was hurting. Oh, and I'm like, maybe it has felt something good this to do weekend. with the bed. Yeah, I felt good. But also attributing to my back maybe helping my back out is that I was on my feet all day long and you guys obviously don't know this about me but when I was in college and the the work that I did the career that I had after college I never sat down I mean even whenever you were done with work or done with classes you would come and you would stand Stand. actually you would sit on the bar stool because it wasn't so low like the couch or you would just stand there I would stand and walk watch TV and I'd go work out yeah. Or I'd go run. I would do something. Or I'd always go and like run errands or go to always eat. I'm, I was errands. always on the go, 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 go. Like I never was like a still person. Like I'm always a busy body. Mm-hmm. And whenever we, you know, even when I lost my job and we were still doing the podcast in 2021, like early 2021, um, before I started TikTok, before all of this, I still was a super busy body. I would wake up in the morning really early. I'd go yeah. to yoga. Then I would go meet somebody for lunch. Then I would go, you know, run errands. And I'd come home and redo the house 1,900 times. And then I'd watch TV and then I'd folklore. Like, I was always editing, da 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 But um, ever since, really, January of last year, so a year at this point, whenever we, you know, became this version yeah. of Creeps and Crimes, we, I've been glued to the computer because obviously, like, when you get more audience you got to put out more content it's got to be better quality and Morgan's working in the lab at this point so then I've got to you know make sure that I'm getting all the socials and everything and sending her things that she's posting and this is because at the point in time I her computer still to this day doesn't really do still that well to this day I can't even actually log into creeps and <laughs> yeah there's a lot of shit I have to I'll have to use do. my google docs and then copy and paste it through my phone and then log into creeps and crimes on my phone because my mac can't handle so many google users it's, it's crazy because the way it does it now is it like has a profile mm-hmm. for each google user yeah and it, it won't let me it won't let you, me I, it. mine wouldn't let me do it either this weekend it was pissing me off yeah which it's is annoying. what led to me crying. and also my mac guys it actually goes black about every once every yeah. 60 seconds She's and then just, i have to punch in my passcode again every 60 seconds it's really a tragic um <laughs> event that goes on with these laptops and <laughs> they're just these Apple, we love you but you know what like we might be having to go to no no we might the, be getting I'll a keep pc with the de- i'll keep with the desktop the mac <laughs> we're gonna be getting gaming pc but you know what also i was realizing when i was like i mean it's a new it's a new macbook like i don't know why i would i'm like well 
you did get it when uh, you went to college. Mm-hmm. So, or before you went to college, it was my mom's before, or my dad's before then. It's like a solid 10 years old. Yeah. You know, I'm like, yeah, you're old. You're old. Yeah, mine's, I bought it in 2016. Yeah. So whatever that is. Yeah. I think I got mine in 2015. Yeah. Ridiculous. So they are old. Yeah. <laughs> but either way, um, I was moving so much and I was like, my back's not hurting. I had a lot more energy. I was able to wake up earlier. I was able to sleep deeper. And I was like, oh my God, the reason I'm so down bad right now is because I'm just not moving enough. Yeah. Like my body is so take, used. Let's take the podcast on a walk. Oh my God. Hot, girl, hot girl walk. Hot ghoul shit. Hot ghoul walks. New podcast name, if any of you motherfuckers. No, I'm trademarking it. Don't even even think about that. Don't even think about that. Because I I already know of two or three of you motherfuckers that have taken names that we've said on here and turned them in the whole podcast. Into entire podcast. And so then I started trademark, or not trademarking, buying all domains and (laughs) things for anything that we say on here. Because you guys did that to us. That is intellectual property. Yeah, we said that. We said that, but I'm not going to call out anybody because, like, get your bag, and it was our fault for not buying the domain, but honest to God, that was fucked up. That was rude. That, that was ruthless. fucking ruthless. Still love you, though. But ruthless. Still love you because, like, I mean, we did, we, you know, you don't. <laughs> we would have done it. We would have done years it. years ago. <laughs> yeah, so whatever. Get your bag. But either way, I'm, my New, Year, New Year's resolution, but I want to start it now, is I've got to move my body more. Like, I got the stand-up desk before I even have this realization of whatever was going on. I got the stand-up desk, so I'm standing a lot more, but I need to move. I need to go on a walk. I need to get up early. I need to go work out. And I told Morgan this, too. I was like, we've got to fix our mental because we are down bad. But to fix our our mental, we have to fix our physical. Yeah. And we don't have the time. That's our issue is that there's just no time. Because I know you guys like- make time, but- I know you guys are like, literally, Taylor's only job is this podcast. This podcast- requires a lot it requires a lot like could you imagine having to listen to your own voice for two and a half hours and editing it down to an hour and a half and then doing videos which will crush your soul like I get that that's like nothing compared to whatever like what I used to do in the physical labor that I was doing but it is in my other job I get it but I know but I don't want to be like Michaela or whoever it was that we got on there was like you don't understand how hard it is it's only 5 15 and I'm sitting down and just now eating and I'm like who the makeup girl do you know Michaela the girl that does the makeup Michaela she worked at Ulta and then she became an influencer she's from Boston she's got a deep very deep Boston accent no I don't know her oh my yeah you do I don't have makeup people on my TikTok if I no no no. this was like back in 2020 she was like one of the people in 2020 that like first came up on TikTok like if I showed you her you would know exactly who she is she like got canceled because she made this she was on a live or made a video and she was like um, you guys just don't get how hard it is to be a content creator. It's only 5.15. I'm just now sitting down to eat. And I was like, even I was like, girl, girl. But I get what she was saying. The The clip that they used was completely out of context. Like it yeah. was not in the right way. Like she was just having a conversation about like, I've been up since this time and I have not even had time to eat. I haven't had time to look at my phone. Like I have been making videos and doing this and being on calls with different brands like and like there's no time to dick around we're contracted into things yeah we're contracted into things and the hardest part about owning your own business and I think any business owner of any sort you know even if it's like you know your side hustle of something that you do the worst part about it is that you are the only way that it goes out like Mm -hmm. that you get your product 
out. There. You are literally, there's no one else, you know, on your ass. It's And you want the help, you. but then we also can't. You can't, you can't. We accept. don't want to give, give away. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, it's like a, it's, a hold. It's really like a, a bad cycle of trying to, you've, when you build something that you envisioned and like you worked hard for and you created and that, you know, you have the vision for it's hard to share that vision for someone that's on the outside and coming in after the fact yeah so morgan and i are constantly being like we need help but but do we want it do we want to have to sit down and do we have the time to sit down and explain everything and then monitor and train for months oh my god literally it's gonna be i mean we're we're working on it's gonna be a lot of trial and error yeah we're working on we think internship is gonna be our best bet yeah i think if we started with like a good like you know like internship internship. to hire yeah if we just got a few interns and learned what type of people that we need to work with and people that can work with us best that's gonna be the best way to go going about it and then eventually we will hire like a rent to own literally like like, a a rent to own like a test a rent to hire yeah a rent to hire you'll still get paid but like not substantial until we know you're hired yeah and like also it's gonna help us to know like how long so either way, the point being is like I've this this next year I want I would love to start it as soon as possible, but we've just got like a lot of ongoing things that once th- those things are put to the side, Morgan and I will have a lot more personal time mm-hmm. um in terms of not having to be on other people's schedule and only being on our schedule. When that happens, Morgan and I we're we're doing um <laughs> I don't know what we're doing, but it's like, going to be like a restart. Like we've got to have a restart. And Morgan's in the process of moving. We're not going to give you too much information on but that. I, but I'm so happy it's happening right now. Yeah, it's perfect because we're both getting fed up with our bullshittery. Like yeah. we're, we're getting fed up with our own yeah. bullshit. So <laughs> when it's like just the perfect time for yep. a restart. Yep. And you'll get to, you know, there's going to be a lot more that you will be able to do in terms of the location that you're at. Yeah. So that'll be nice. Yeah. I need to burn this house down. <laughs> you need to move out by me, bitch. <laughs> no, no, no. Come on over. The water's fine across the interstate this way. Oh, yeah. They're like, we're mapping you out right They're now. They're like, Morgan. okay, shut. You just said you were not going to get too much information. And we're like, it's just a cross Come on thing. down the county line, baby. Uh, no, no. I think my, I'm sorry. Oh, God, this is going to get No, edited. it's fine. It's fine. Um, it, we, We've been boring this entire time. We need good movement i just feel like for me especially going into the new year like i want to have i wish i it's so hard let me know if you're out there and you have fiancés husbands or boyfriends that only eat chicken tenders fries pizza buffalo wings and chips it's hard it's hard dude you know how it's hard to keep a clean cabinet whenever you do try to keep a healthy cabinet and they won't eat it. So you have yeah. to still buy their stuff. You've got to get the kids shit. You got to get the kids stuff. You got to feed your kid. You got to feed your kids. You got to get the gush. You got to get the gushers. You got to you know, get the gushers. But you know what? Okay. So I will tell you, Morgan, like when and I. And they're not open to. to no, they're not open to trying anything. When I first moved in with y'all, like all of us living together, they all had very. You all are all not picky, but you had like very set things that you ate. Yeah. And I'm like, if I eat the same thing in a two week span, I'm going to go literally absolutely crazy. And so I just started making like random crazy shit that y'all would never like even 
think about Taylor's the reason I expanded my palate right and so I forced everybody to eat just like random things and it ended up being things that a you would have never tried or like I mean, one of like the things is like a, a tomato sandwich, like, you know, nothing that's like super exotic. BLT though. BLT. My very first BLT because Taylor forced it down my throat. I did. And I did it again in LA <laughs> and I'll do it again too. <laughs> and, and I'll do it the rest said, of my I'm life. I'm not eating that. You said take a bite. <laughs> too much tomatoes and take one of the tomatoes off. But like what I really want to be is like those people that you see on TikTok that are like putting those, like, like mm. my friend Maddie from home, yeah. for example, she is the ultimate like healthiest person I've ever seen in my life. Like ever. she'll put sea moss into mm-hmm. her, like her protein powder and yep. like her workout powder. Like she takes those supplements that you need, like the powder stuff. Mm-hmm. And like, it's just so healthy. And I'm like, yeah. how do I get like that? But God, how do you eat sea moss? The thing with me. So Arletta actually, Arletta and Logan, because Logan eats so tropical and different because yeah, I mean, does. literally Thanksgiving at his house is Jamaican food. Like we don't yeah. eat Turkey. And um, Arletta always ate crazy shit. Like, she taught me about, like, Indian food. Because she was super abroad, too. Uh, Yeah, she always, like, ate just, like, the coolest shit. So, like, I would go try shit with her all the time. Like, that's how I learned that I liked curry. And um, I tried chicken tikka masala and all of those for the first times. And so I expanded because then once I tried that, I was like, shit, this is awesome. Awesome. It's so much better than steak and potatoes. It's so good. And so and then also like Logan makes just crazy off the wall, like forced me to eat fish. (laughs) I never thought I'd be a fish person. No, guys, because after Thanksgiving, there was a rotisserie chicken. Yeah. Friendsgiving. Yeah. And it was there's still a good chunk on there. Yeah. But it was like in the. It, the, when I say like a good when we say good chunk it was like you know when you gotta you really have to work for it when it's on the bone <laughs> like it's in the tendons and we're throwing stuff away at the end of the night and he goes don't throw that away I want that and, and I'm like it's bones so I see Taylor throwing it away I said Logan wanted that to make soup with and no. she looks at me and she goes it's going in the garbage <laughs> like he would like he would make, and, and Peyton it, screams Logan said he wa-. I was like shut the fuck up and you know though that that soup would have been fire oh it would have been so good but I, see okay. i never would have thought of that i've been like throw that away that's gone that's <laughs> that done. garbage no there's <laughs> there's this thing i have and I, you guys know i've said this before i'm just kind of weird about chicken sometimes like yeah. i love chicken i can eat chicken all the time it's just like sometimes it'll hit me wrong and i can't eat it i can't even and then look once at it. it hits you wrong it hits you and you can't look at it again for a month it and takes then you, you go back minute. to it yeah it yeah. takes you forever and if he loves making soups of just like from scratch like he loves making soups soups is like the logan would marry the pressure cooker oh my god i'm throwing the pressure cooker away i'm so tired <laughs> of love and it. the crock pot literally <laughs> every time i turn around the crock pot or the pressure pressure it's cooker on. is on I, it just drives me insane i'm like we literally have a dutch oven and i want it i got this so we wouldn't have to have a whole entire crock pot taking up all this space on the counter because of course we had to get the biggest most elaborate crock pot that ever walked this planet right i mean it's just ridiculous but he boils chicken all the time and he even got a chicken shredder Uh, i got a chicken shredder and he boils chicken all the time to make these soups or to make like shredded chicken tacos and i like that but have y'all ever smelled boiled chicken no oh Oh, i'm gonna gag thinking about it we can't even talk 
We can't even talk about no, it. No, my mom used to make chicken noodle soup from scratch. Sickening. I'm like, please stop. Please. And the bubbles and the fat that go. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, my God. Sorry. Trigger warning for the gag. Trigger my God. warning. Trigger warning for this. Everybody has to be gagging right now because there's not a soul on this planet that, likes this that can handle that. I, if if I wake up and he, because he'll wake up at like five o'clock sometimes, y'all, and he'll start cooking for dinner that night and I'll smell, I'll wake up to the smell of it and I'll be like, my god i think i'm gonna die it's so gross but either way he's in there cooking right now y'all hear him slinging things but around. i love that he cooks i know i I'm love jealous it too. that he cooks he loves he he's he used to like make basic things but then whenever he saw me cooking because i cooked for like the entire first year of our marriage he never picked up anything to cook anything unless it was like a big deal and um he was like oh cooking's easy you just throw stuff together. I'm like, that's what cooking is. Yeah. You just really follow a recipe. See, Aaron's like, yeah. Um, is this steak done? I'm like, excuse me. It's still in the package. Can you come look at this? Can you come look at this? And he'll literally carry a whole pot that has bubbling oil on it over to the couch for me to look at. No. I'm like, that's it's me with fine. salmon though. That's me with salmon. Salmon freaks me out. It, whenever I have to bake the salmon or I, I don't I would like rather salmon put it cooked the, by myself. I don't. I would. Well, if I put it on the grill, I love it. Like, I really love it. But I found this way to make it taste like, um, oh, my God, not Watson's. It used to be. Mm. It might not be there anymore. It's in Market Square. Yeah. They had the best salmon. Me and Nikki would go literally two times a week after work and go eat their also, great salmon. Avocado toast in the morning. Oh, my God. And they have great um, Moscow meals. 10 out of 10, mules. great restaurant. It's a great if restaurant. If you're ever in downtown Knoxville. I feel like we've been getting a lot of DMs. Like, in Knoxville, where yeah, can I go? Yeah. Not, not Watson's, Watson's kitchen bar. is open. You, I feel like I haven't seen it in so long. But either way, it's if it's there, open, I'm pretty sure go because it's phenomenal. It's yeah. so freaking good. Either way, uh, yeah. In a minute, uh, <laughs> whenever. Anyways, that's how we make all the things. Okay, back to the resolution. The resolutions <laughs> and what you were saying about um, cooking and you know keeping a healthy cabinet. I don't think it's more about the I don't think it's as much about the like proteins and the supplements because I can't do that with my kidney disease and also with the fact that I've got a sensitive tummy and yeah. so do you. I guess I, I would just like to be more green in the sense like when we were taking yeah. those shooters. Yeah. When we see that all the time. Matt, what hmm. were they called? The oh magic mind. We have a whole the magic box. minds. I felt so good that yeah. month. I was taking my magic minds. Yeah, so good. We we got a ninety day supply in there. <laughs> yeah, we do. It's literally in this closet. Do you want some? Yeah, I'll take. Guys, them. we fucks hard with magic mind. Like, no, like I thought they were good. Like, and yeah. I thought that it was actually like just like I because maybe mentally I was seeing something green going down my body. Well, no, it's like, got oh, okay. a lot of nutrients packed in it. Yeah, and that's and that's another thing I told Logan the other day. I said, you know, we me and Logan eat very clean diets like mm -hmm. for the most part there's you know off chance i mean we still get mcdonald's and like chick-fil-a once but a week, you'll you know? do um boom chicka pop yeah boom chicka pop instead we, of instead of butter popcorn pop secret. like we he because logan can't have anything unhealthy in the house because he literally eats it in one night that's and, aaron yeah it's just really hard to he can't be around it and he starts feeling bad about himself but because i grew up with snacks like that where logan didn't i don't need them all I'm the time literally the same way they can be in my cabinet they can stay a box of gushers can stay in my cabinet for a month and a half for literally ever when we lived together we would have we had four different cabinets that was everybody's like personal snacks yeah, yeah and we would by, by the time we moved out we were pulling shit out of the back that we were like i had no idea i had 1900 different packs of gummies okay but i wanted to fight 
the ones that had their nerve rope. Oh rope. my god! Because Noodle when, and our yeah. other roommate still had the nerds ropes. You still had the nerds, and ropes. I was like, "You bitches, you assholes." I would have ate those, okay? Yeah, and the biscuits that the that have the well, you can't have these had nut butter in the middle of them oh. that we like all ate for a bit, but like they were so freaking good, and there was a, a box of forty underneath there. I was like, ladies. Ladies, if you're not going to eat it, put it down in the middle because I'm tired of my snacks. Guys, the food issues that we used to have in our apartment. It was ridiculous. <laughs> ridiculous. But either no, way. No, you could not touch. No. No you, touch. You would have to like go ask full permission and then you have to ask three times. And, and then be, are you sure? And then you'd have to be like, I saw a little bit of a side eye there. Are you yeah. sure? Are but you me sure? and Morgan would be like, did you get a jar of pickles? Oh my God. <laughs> Taylor's like, just got a new fresh jar of pickles. She come back home. I'm like, I ate them all. <laughs> and Morgan's like, don't worry. I already went to the store and got more. I and got we more. would get different brands to see which ones we liked yeah. better. And I'd be like, Morgan, I found this new jar of pickles. And me and Morgan would sit at the at night at three <laughs> o'clock in the morning and just sit there and eat a whole jar of pickles sitting there talking. I could do that right now. Oh my God. I wish I had pickles. And you know, I don't even get pickles as much anymore because it was me and you that would handle the pickles. Yeah. We and, were, yeah we were sharing our um memories of you walk yeah just because well actually we'll talk about it a little more and what's new but like yeah. it was just so like eerily like similar to like the setup of the um, the pictures that came out about the idaho uh university and like university what, of idaho murders. what kind of condition like the apartment the house was in yeah like just like your normal basic college girl like little like house pregame like, night yeah and we, it was just anyway it brought up the conversation of us like in our house and it was just so so chaotic yeah 24 7 there's pictures of just like a chick-fil-a bag on the ground bubbles in the air a half drink there with a big glass of wine glasses on the day before we moved out y'all this is, this is insane we had to be moved out by 12 o'clock one day now the snapchat stories from the day before there's not a box in sight where <laughs> it is the dirtiest thing that you've ever seen we're acting like we're fully still living in, and we will be there for another year yeah we were and and then it like it's panning and it's like one of our friends passed out on the couch morgan's like swinging a um in her pajamas swinging a cord around her neck saying some vulgar stuff <laughs> saying awful shit and then i'm st i walk in i'm holding a wine glass i have on heels a bray on, a bray on my head uh, no, it was like a chauffeur hat. Chauffeur hat. And big sunglasses. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm walking in there. I'm on my phone and I'm typing on my phone like I'm someone famous. Like it was just ridiculous. And we were like, are we moving out? Oh, and then there's me and a pile of my own filth after taking a shower <laughs> and just wrap. Because I wear, whenever I get out of the shower, y'all, I wear it's my towel, towel for five hours. For five hours straight. And, you know, I have 19 robes. Just, oh, just wait till the Christmas giveaway robes are here it's the new persona it's going in it's going on okay either way all of this to say <laughs> morgan and i and okay wait i want to make one more comment about the whole uh the clean cabinet and all of that i don't think it's more about clean and like healthy well healthy yes but like clean and the what we associate with being healthy and like supplements i think it's more about eating whole foods like learning to what whole foods work for your body mm -hmm. and especially as women like they don't educate us on how we need to eat for our menstrual cycles and also in addition to that like hormonal balancing because that plays a massive yeah. role in the way that women feel 
as a whole, like and how much energy they have. And so it, it's kind of hard, but I watched this girl talk about how she got to this point where she finally craves her whole foods. She doesn't crave like the sugary snacks. And I was like, I would love to do that. But either way, no matter how healthy I eat, I have to have chocolate. Yeah. Like at the end of the day, I have to have a sweet and then I have to have a salty directly after it. Right after. Immediately after. And then a, a bottle of water. And I think my my biggest advice is the popsicles i love i just love frozen me too like ice cream cream. but not even ice cream i won't ever eat just like straight ice cream like Mm. i it'll have to be like an orange creamsicle Mm. or like a strawberry shortcake oh my god i love a banana popsicle i yeah and all of those popsicles Mm -hmm. the blueberry blueberry, all all the colors in the world Mm. but also like i guess i could substitute that with like a dark chocolate covered frozen banana which is what we used to do true you know true and true fruit true fruit if you're listening to this please sponsor no we're obsessed no been obsessed for years no we have literally eaten true fruit for the like since they came out probably. for the longest like the second we Shout saw out them fresh no literally no not hello fresh fresh market <laughs> fresh market Shout oh out fresh guys i went to fresh market the other day for the first time in a long time and i sobbed in the fresh market and logan looked at me like i was crazy he's like why are you sobbing i was like you just don't understand what a pivotal yeah, role that fresh, fresh market, market played in me like learning to love myself like you have no idea like fresh what- market is just like if you're ever down you go to fresh market if you guys remember like in t- season two i would always be like i went to fresh market today and morgan be like oh my god what did you go oh. and you guys saw morgan jump on the uh fresh market train she went from being like that's that's crazy to being like i and you know, we're, or I don't want to give too much hints, but I'm near the bigger fresh market now. I know. I know. But I love this one because the one in Chattanooga is so, huge. Yeah. And it's just not as intimate. It's just not as intimate. This for one's me. just cozy. Yeah. This one's just like like a winter's hug. Like it's just like a warm blanket, like a heated blanket that's yeah. weighted when you walk around. I love fresh market. I love me. it. Shout out Hello Fresh. <laughs> Shout out Hello Fresh. Shout out Miracle Man. <laughs> 